when we were talking about a fruit and it came up that, oh, Bruce, we'd like you to speak on patience, I laughed. And um, then I got into fear because I thought I, I'd try and... Most of the time I preach, I try and preach things that I've sort of wrestled with in my life and got a little bit of victory over. And I thought the minute I got up here, a voice would boom out from the heavens and say, Bruce, sit down. You cannot speak on this topic. So uh, if that happens, I'll quickly run and sit down. But um, then I thought, well, I've been in the car with a lot of you people. I've watched the way you drive. And Jesus did say, him without sin, throw the first stone. So I'm not in fear of this audience. I am in fear of God, but I'm not in fear of this audience. And so I thought, well, I'll give this a shot. So um, here we go. Let's see how we go. It's actually, I should have, should have made it a two-hour message to see how much patience you had. But we've got quite a bit on this morning. So my message is going to be uh, very short. So, um, but I cannot in all honesty think of a virtue, and that's what it is, or a fruit, uh, that is more desperately needed or harder to build into our lives than patience. And just a quick browse on the internet, there was a lot of different um, descriptions of patience. Some of them were hilarious. I just, this morning we just don't have time and most of you have got the internet. You have a browse on patience if you get a chance and uh, you'll, you'll really get um, a, a lot of different interpretations of it. But basically, I like the simple statement that says, patience is a state of endurance under difficult circumstances. And really, that sums it up in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which I love because it's got such an emphasis on Scripture. It says, patience is a calm endurance based on the certain knowledge that God is in control. And um, there it, it is. And, you know, when we, we pick that up, we look at the real world all of us live in. And, and if I just talk about this congregation, uh, right now, I know that there are people here that are facing the demands of raising a difficult child. I know that some are caring for aging or ill parents, and it's a constant, ongoing demand or requirement. I know that there's several instances where there is a loved one who is ill, and you've spent quite a lot of time, maybe at hospital or maybe at home, caring for that person and nursing that person. Some of you here have business and financial challenges that you're wrestling through. And there's others who have illness or ailments that have gone on and on and on. And the list goes on. That's, that's right here amongst us, brothers and sisters, today for many of us. And I love what Ben shared, that we cry out and we say, Lord, come and fix this now. I, I don't have a problem with that prayer. I, I, you know, in, in Philippians it says, we do not be anxious for anything, but take all our cares and concerns before the Lord. I, I don't have a problem uh, with that prayer at all. It just seems that sometimes God has a problem answering it and our level of timing. He really does, and um, that becomes a challenge. So often, if you're like me, sometimes my cry goes up to God, and I just said, Lord, I'm weary. 
and there seems no relief in sight. Is life meant really to be this hard? Yet we're a blessed people. We know that. But we're still on a journey that gets incredibly difficult in our own world and our own space. And on one level, we don't have to look at people that are so worse off than us and say, well, this is fine, because in our own world, often it's not. Often the temptation that God allows to come on you and I is very hard, very trying, and pushes us right to the limit. Sometimes it's designed to do that. Sometimes it's the enemy, and sometimes then we have to try and discern which is which. And that takes a lot of patience. But from a Christian perspective, deep inside of us somewhere, there is a still small voice that always says, this too will pass. It's always finite. It will come to an end. Maybe it's almost over. But I just need to keep on keeping on. So we'll talk a little bit about this. But before we condemn ourselves too much, let's understand that nobody is born patient. That's why it is a fruit or a skill to be developed, not a gift. So let's use Exhibit A, the crying baby. So you bring your joy of your life, there's just a new arrival in your home and you bring him or her home and when that baby wakes up in the middle of the night and is hungry or needs changing, it doesn't say, ah, you know, mum and dad have had a rough time, they're fairly tired, I'll just wait it out till they get up in the morning and I hear them wandering around and then I'll let them know. They just wail and wail and wail. And I believe God's made that crying sound particularly to grate on our nerves so we can say, I can't stand this anymore. And we drag ourselves out of bed. We might be tired. We might not be well. And we attend to the baby's needs. So we're not born with patience. Also, as children grow up and get older, they're not overly patient. I can remember banging our kids in the car to go off for a holiday. They've been so excited about them. We've got an eight-hour drive somewhere, and we're talking about lovely beaches and swimming and fun, and they pile in the car. 30 minutes later, are we there yet? And then, no. Well, how much longer? And you think, my gosh, you know, we've only just got on the road. And, and here we go. So um, it, is, it is something that I believe we're all going to be wrestling with for the rest of our lives. Now, I don't want that to sound negative because before I finish, I will give you a few points that can help us. But let's just be careful about one point in the society we live in today. We often claim that impatience is a virtue. We say, well, I might be impatient, but I get things done. I achieve things. I make things happen. And the problem with that is it sounds good, but the word of God disagrees. Proverbs 14.29 says, A patient man has great understanding. A quick-tempered man displays foolishness. Proverbs 15.18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man comes a quarrel. So there's nothing in Scripture 
that says impatience is a virtue. And if any of you and quite a few people here work in the medical fraternity or arena uh, will all tell you that patience creates illness. It creates impatience, I'm sorry, creates illness. It creates breakdowns. It fractures relationships. It causes us to say things that we wished we'd never said, but they're already out there. Sure, we can repent and take them back, but everybody here has said some things through impatience that we wished we'd never said. So there is nothing redeeming about impatience and being impatient. It causes accidents and carnage on the road. How many of you have been driving on holiday and seen somebody pull out and pass a line of cars with a blind corner coming up? And then you breathe a deep sigh of relief when they pull in and there's not an accident. But sometimes that doesn't happen and there's a head-on collision and people's lives are wasted and destroyed right there and then. So there isn't anything redeeming about it. So we need to get on the journey. We don't need to condemn ourselves. We need to understand we were not born patient It needs to be acquired. So I just want to give you a few tips that I think may help. So the first one is John 15 verse 5. And it just says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So first point. We cannot produce the patience in the way God requires it from us unless we're abiding in Christ. So our first source, our first place to go is to dig into our relationship in Christ. So unless we're walking in his steps and his ways, unless we're imbibing his word, bringing it into our lives, getting the Holy Spirit to work and build that within us, unless we're walking with brothers and sisters in harmony that can help us and pray for us and be working this out together with us, and unless we're spending quality time in prayer and worship before the Lord, patience will elude us. So that is the first point. Jesus has an endless source of patience for us, but we have to drink from his well to get it. And there's no alternative to that. So firstly, so that that is very important. Second point, a day of rest. (laughs) It's another foreign concept to society and I've preached on it before so I'm not going to labour it right now but it's a powerful statement when Jesus said I made the Sabbath for you not for me wired into our DNA is to need rest is to need one day off a week it's not a law anymore Um, But it was so important that the penalty for violating it under the old covenant was death. And so God understands how desperately we need it. But Jesus under the new covenant is saying, hey, guys, this is a gift to you, but it's essential. You need it. 
and both our soul and our spirit need this. We just need to define what it is. It's a great time to worship and meditate and think on things of God, but basically it's anything that you want to do that is not work-related. It's anything that will bring you rest, bring you peace. So just sit and reflect on God, on what he's doing, absorb his teaching, or take a walk, or go and play golf, or spend some time in the park. Watch the children play, listen to the birds sing, read a book. Even plant a flower and watch it grow. That may help some of you. But basically, Jesus is saying it is at our peril if we don't cultivate this in our lives. So a key to patience. Firstly, it is found in Christ. Secondly, we must give ourselves rest. Um, God doesn't need us to be working 24-7. He's more than able to do those things. So he only requires us ba- from us basically what we are able to produce within the context and the rhythms of time that our body, soul, and spirit need. Can you all hear that? Because society is not going to make it easy for anybody living here in this Western world to rest one day. It's not going to make it easy for all sorts of things and reasons. The third point I want to say is the statement mostly we hate when other people tell us this, and that's to trust God. See, what do you do when you go to the doctor and he tells you you have a serious illness? What do you do when you lose your job as Ben has just found out his job is going to disappear What do you do when your children disappoint you? What do you do if your spouse leaves and suddenly your life becomes empty? What do you do? Well, the fact that we're Christians doesn't exempt us from facing challenges like this. See, sometimes the issues of life are just too big for us to cope with in our own capacity. In uh, 2009, my wife of 36 years, Vanessa, who many of you knew, was diagnosed with a brain tumour, which finally took her home. Now, when we do these tests, my scores on mercy and some of those areas are fairly low, and I was the least equipped person to take care of a terminally ill person, and I chose to look after her through the seven, eight months at home as long as I could until no longer that could be done again uh, during that time. And it was traumatic for me. She was the most wonderful patient and just amazing. But I had to bring it before the Lord because I didn't have it in me. It wasn't invested in me. It's not the type of person I am to deal with that. Now, I think I did a reasonable job. I wasn't perfect by any means. But at times like that, all I could do was grind it out with God. And it was just so hard. But by God's grace and by the support of a community of people who is you, I got there. I couldn't achieve it on my own. I couldn't achieve it without God. I couldn't achieve it with this community that we've been part of forever. But putting those two things together, I got there. 
and it was incredibly hard. And um, finally, we finally she departed and went to the Lord, and I was completely broken, and thought I would never get up again. After a period of time, I got so incapacitated, I was home on my own, I had to leave my home and go and live for a period of time with Richard and Barbara Turnbull um, down in, they had retired into Motueka. I couldn't do my own washing, cooking, cleaning, and they just took care of me during that time. And I thought I would never recover. I thought I would never get out of this, this thing. And I had a prayer mountain. Every morning I used to go for a walk right up this mountain just out from home and I used to get into a place right up the top, a lovely little open area amongst all the bush and I used to just lie there and cry out to God. No one could hear me. I don't think they could. They may have heard it all the way down the bottom. But I would just cry out to God or I'd talk with him or I would cry or I would pour my heart out to him. I would say, where are you? I can't find you in this. I'm not getting over this. It's just going on and on and on. But after a period of time, slowly, never one day, never one prayer, never one situation, slowly I started to recover. Uh, there's a little bit of an interesting, and I'm nearly finished, by the way. There's a little bit of an interesting prelude to the story. I, the other morning, Linda said, I want to go for a walk. And I said, well, you've never been up to my prayer mountain. Let me take you up there. Now, it's a horrible goat track. And uh, when Linda first saw it, she said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no, 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 we can do it. So we went up to this, uh, all the way up the top. And a logging road had been cut and my prayer place was gone. And I stood there in amazement, just staring and staring at it, seeing it was gone. And here's what I believe the Lord said to me. I believe the Lord said to me, Bruce, we did what we needed to do up here. You don't need it anymore. It's finished. Now, it doesn't mean I don't need to pray and find good places to pray. God was saying, this, what we needed to do, which was months and months and months of that journey, we've done. We've done it together. You don't need it anymore. And so, so many things do require patience. They do require perseverance. But for most of us, the word is, this is finite. This will pass. This will end. Endure. Don't quit on God. Well, he'll never quit on you. Don't quit on God. I, I'm finishing. I want to finish with a scripture. <clears throat> I came home from a trip this week, which I'm doing all the time. And uh, when I come back from a trip, I like a couple of days rest, providing I can read a book and learn a few things. And, but I, I like having a couple of days of rest. But I am so passionate about almost everything I do, then I want to get going. I've got things I want to do. I've got plans. I have not been able to recover from this trip. And it's been a pain. In fact, a guy wanted to see me the other day, and Linda was home. We're both home. And I said, yeah, come back in an hour. And when he came back in an hour, Linda had to say, well, I'm sorry, he's crashed on the bed. So you're not going to get any sense out of him right now. And he just said, okay, I'll come back next week. So, but the situation is, this has annoyed me. 
I want to get going again. I've got things I want to do. I have had to say no to a couple of things that were important for me to do. And here's what goes off in my head anyway. Either, Bruce, you're a failure. You're not achieving anything. Look at you lying on the bed when there's a whole world to be changed. Or, for goodness sake, what a wimp. Get off your bed and just do it. Now, they're the two voices that come in my head. You may have your own voices. You may have some of them. I want to give you something better as I finish. 1 Peter 5 verse 6 says this. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. That's a better voice to have going off in your head. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So God bless you as you wrestle with things, as you're enduring things, as God's not meeting you in the way you want and the way that you expect it. Hang in there. Give it to him. He'll bring you through it. That is his promise. Father, we pray. Sorry, sorry. Father, we pray for patience. We recognize it as a fruit. It's so we're not going to condemn ourselves to whatever level we have right now. Just help us have enough to achieve the things you require from us, to know when to rest, to know when to lay up, to understand what our body is telling us sometimes because often that's your voice. Help us trust you, Lord, in the things that are too big for us because we know that you're a loving, faithful God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.